it's us again. Hello. We're recording. We are. <laughs> it occurs to me that I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I just kind of did it. Yeah. You caught on quick. It was I good. did. I did. Yeah, we were fine. Everything was fine. Because I definitely was not paying attention. <laughs> it was fine. Sure. If well, you guys hear, like, okay, first of all, Mushu's that, very talkative right now. Which that is was Mushu. Not a thing that he does. Oh. But, uh. He does have a lot to say. He does. He's being very social. Yeah. Which, so. Uh, it's probably because he's been asleep all day. Hmm. And now there's more than just me. He's here. got some love to get. So, yeah, listeners, yeah. if you hear a cat's meow, that's a Mushu. That's a Mushu. If you hear a random Hello? dinging noise, that's Emily's computer. No, it's <laughs> muted. Don't even. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> don't call you all like this. So. So. Um, we're here. It's a very special episode. No, it we're is. not talking about weed. <laughs> no. No. We are, however, talking about cults. Yay! Whoa! People who survive them. Um, about mainly, the cults themselves. Yeah, a little bit about the cults themselves, a little about the leaders and why people like, join them. Mine is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, we've been going out of our way not to tell each other too much about these it's this time It's really around. hard not to. I know, because we just get together and we're like, and we're just like oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing a really good job. Um, but we're going to delay that a little bit because we have a very special... A uh, new segment that we get to do. Yeah, it's called Did You Know Natalie and Bruglia's Song Toys? <laughs> a cover? That's not what I was talking about. It's a cover of a cover! So, for those, repeat yourself for those who <laughs> may not have heard through the giggles. <laughs> so, those of you who were raised in the 90s, yep. uh, Natalie and Bruglia's song Torn. It's probably a part of your life at Nothing's some point. Nothing's right, I'm torn. That one. Yep. <laughs> well, apparently Twitter is now shook from it, according to this Huffington Post article. Oh, Twitter yeah. is shook. Of course. Um, hey, that... Huffington Post, you don't get to use that word. Yeah. I think that word's over uh, now. So, Natalie and Bruglia's Torn is a cover of a cover. So the thing you sent me was in another language. Yeah, it was the original. So that's the original. What so I sent you cover. was the original, and then there was a cover of that in English, and then Natalie and Bruglia covered that. Oh my god. And But nobody knows that other person who did it in English, and especially nobody knows what even language was that. I wasn't paying attention. Um, Danish. It was in Danish. Oh my god. So yeah. the original was written in 1993 for Danish singer named... <laughs> uh, Lee Sorensen? I don't know. There's a slash through the O, and I don't know how to pronounce that because I don't speak Danish. Legit. And then it was later recorded by the rock band Edna Swap, but then was made popular by Natalie Ambruglia. Holy shit. There's your uh, random fact of the day. Yeah. While, while we hope you're usually learning about survival and, and weird killers and shit, sometimes we're just going to tell you about songs you didn't know were covers of covers. That'll leave you shook. <laughs> I am... Shook, <laughs> as the Huff Post would say. Yes. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So back on a, back on track here. We have an actual thing. It's real. Um, so for the last few weeks, we've been asking you guys to send in some survival stories, personal or from people you know, and we actually got one. Yay! I'm so psyched. Yay! Yes. So um, our listener, I'm going to call her a super fan. Yep. Her name is Audrey. Until we can come up with a better name for yes. our listener fans. Yeah, we don't like have like murderinos, yeah. which is a great name. It's a great name. If anybody has a suggestion... Tweet at us. Yeah. So just a good old tweet. Um, or an email. For now, our super fan Audrey sent us a story of something that happened to her. I like her style, first of all. So I'm going to start with just like her whole thing. Y'all asked for a first person uh-oh feeling story. And your girl Audrey is here to deliver. Thank you, Audrey. Aw, yeah. <laughs> Aw, yeah. Your girl. Get it. <laughs> Flashback to 2007. I'm a freshman in college, and I have a bad spray tan, mall bangs, and a lot of newfound independence. Didn't we all? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. In keeping with this I'm-a-do-what-I-want trend over spring break, my friends and I go camping while the rest of my family goes to Florida. But our trips don't line up perfectly, so I have a few days at my childhood home to myself before I go back to college. For an extreme introvert like myself, this solitude is like heroin in terms of sheer bliss, which, yeah, I, absolutely. Mm. Just... Your childhood home alone for, like, a few days. Nobody's there to bother you. Fuck yeah. That was my fucking jam. Anywho, 
my first day alone, I decided to draw myself a bath and just marinate a little. <laughs> you know, like you do. Yeah, the way one does. Yeah. Um, I'm laying there with my eyes closed and I hear a noise in the house. Not just a creak, like actual movement from point A to point B in the house. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I immediately threw on a robe and called out, is anybody there? Like a, you know, like a smart girl. You know what I would do? Probably sit in the bath for a full minute. Just go under the water. (laughs) (laughs) If there's enough bubbles, they're not going to know. I can just see you just going, just just right under there. Find a straw and just snorkel (laughs) under there for a while. This is where I live now. It's fine. I'm a mermaid now. No one would kill me in a bathtub, right? No, no, honestly, like, I would be the shitty chick to get killed in the movie. And I would wait, like, two whole minutes of silence before I decided to do anything. This girl springs into action, so I appreciate her. Um, although she does immediately kind of out herself here. Unsurprisingly, nobody answered. I'm pretty creeped out, but after checking out every room in the house, I figured that I was just hearing things. Mistake oh number one. Oh, God. And now she's the girl who dies in the, in the oh, movie. Oh, no. <laughs> um, day two of being alone. Uh, yeah, so like a whole other day. Oh, my God. My um, thoughts are already like going <laughs> a mile a minute. Yeah. I invited my then boyfriend over for a movie, a.k.a. Chase Lee making out with a movie in the background. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that's a smart move. You know, you don't want to be alone yeah, in just the like, house. Just like have him over 24 mm-hmm. fucking 7. Yeah. Yeah, you live here now. Congrats. But he left later that night, and I immediately went to bed. Man. It, this was a purer, more innocent time. Oh, <laughs> when yeah. When people weren't glued to their cell phones. See, when I first read that, I thought she was talking about a time when you don't have your boyfriend in college just, like, sleep the fuck over and you bone down because you're alone <laughs> and why wouldn't you? <laughs> God, you guys were so sweet. Um, so anyway, so people weren't glued to their cell phones constantly, probably because our cell phones couldn't do anything cool. So it was not unusual that I left my cell phone on downstairs and the kitchen table. Mistake number two. Okay. Okay. I woke up the next morning, got ready for the day, and made my way downstairs. I noticed that I had missed a call from an unknown number and had a voicemail. Oh, the friend, boy. The friend I had gone on the camping trip with had, un- had an unlisted phone number, so I figured it was her. And I pressed one to listen to the voicemail. I then heard a slow, raspy, hissing <laughs> voice <laughs> that I'd never heard before in my life. Oh, it didn't even sound human, and to this day, I could not tell you if it was a man or a woman. That is intense. Oh my god! It sounds melodramatic, but the only word I can think of to, descri- to describe that voice is that it made me feel hunted. I mean, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that okay. sounds about right. Yeah, dude. I hey. can't think of a better word for it. Yeah. Hey, Audrey, the person began. Oh no! <laughs> Of course she remembers every word they said. Like oh. Right, yeah, it's like, oh no, I gotta go. I'm moving now. I'm right. this house, I'm burning it down. Bye. Oh. Hey Audrey. I've been watching you for days now. I saw you with that man. Uh. And I saw your body. Uh. At this point, the person started breathing harder and growing more agitated. I saw your body, they repeated. Oh, and I God. Wa- and I want you to know that I'm going to get you. And then they hung up. <sighs> What? They literally said, I'm going to get you. Like the fucking boogeyman. Like, I can't handle it. <sighs> All I remember. Okay. <laughs> All I remember is immediately looking around the corner through the front windows where I could see my mom's best friend's house across the street. And I have a clear, calm thought of, I have a clear shot. Time to book it. Yup. Fucking winning it right now. Yup. So good. Go. Mm hmm. I didn't even fuck with locking the door too time consuming. And apparently they can get into my house just fine with the door locked anyways. So yeah, fuck it. I just ran in a dead sprint out of that house and across the street. The cops were called and were about as effective and understanding as you would expect small town cops to be. Boiler alert. They're real ineffective and real not understanding. Mm. (laughs) Again, loving the style. And because the number was unlisted, it would take the FBI getting involved to work around that. And the FBI apparently had bigger fish to fry. What was this, 2007? No, they didn't. I mean, They're full of shit. This is so important. Fuck this. So to this day, I still have no clue who made that call. Oh, God. And it definitely changed my life. I pay more attention to my surroundings. I am much more careful about revealing when and where I'll be alone. And I am much more confident about just piecing out in an awkward or creepy situation. Because my gut tells me, you're in danger, girl. Hey. Fuck yeah. Follow your gut. 
there's a little bit more to the story because Audrey actually remembered something else and sent us another shorter message. Um, she said, my parents were shockingly cavalier about this whole thing. I called them and told them to hurry the fuck home because I was getting stalked and they were like, you need to dial it back. We still have a couple days on the beach house rental. Oh my God. They truly thought all of this was teenage hysteria and did not come home for days or check on me in any way. A plus parenting right there. Okay. I literally waited to finish her sentence because I knew you were going to say that. She literally <laughs> writes A plus parenting mom and dad. Oh! <laughs> She's one of us. Oh my She's God. She's the same person as we are. <laughs> But anyway, she says, I hope this is the sort of thing you're looking for. Yes, it is. Yep. And she yep. loves our podcast. Good. Isn't that sweet? That's great. Yes. Um, Audrey, you fucking killed it. Yeah. That's a terrifying story that I hate a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, That's like an urban legend meets real life. Right. Like, this is the beginning of every scary movie. Except yeah. It was real. Yeah. Um, Audrey, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Wow, that was awesome. We would Holy love crap. to hear. Yeah. We would love to hear more from you guys. Um, if you have a story... Just like Audrey's, crazier, less crazy, doesn't matter. Um, a survival story is what we want to hear. Um, if you know anybody who would like to tell their story or is okay with you telling their story for them, please send it in to uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com. Woo! Woo! Now we're going to get on with the main event. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, cults. Oh, my God. Let me pull out my note sheet. So you're going to hear me talk some more because it's my turn to go first. Ha! Ooh, if I did it in a different voice, do you think it'd be better? No. <laughs> just maria bamford all over this shit for a minute <laughs> no, no okay so we are talking about cults as we mentioned yeah um so i kind of like i haven't done a lot of looking into cults in the past everybody's got the ones they've heard of i've listened to podcasts where they talk about certain cults um but i wanted to do a little bit more like looking into it um just for my own sake and maybe so that we can have a little bit of a hey well what's a what's a cult and what's the deal and why do people join them before we get into our actual stories. That oh, that's smart. I didn't do that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. This is a cult. This is crazy. Oh, my God. People died. Moving it's cool. on. It's cool. I, the only reason I did it is because I knew I had to go first. And I was like, this is probably a decent thing yeah, to do. Yeah, see, even if I was going first, I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. I failed you. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. No, actually, I'd be operating under the assumption that people knew what cults were. Well, yes. I will say, like, I think almost everybody knows what a cult is. They have, like, you know, Blackwell Dictionary of Sociology or whatever um, has it listed as an informal, loose organization formed around a single leader's charismatic authority. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways to talk about cults, and it actually turns out that they don't like to define them as one thing or another, because there's so many shades of gray. Like, oh, yeah. what happens in a cult, how controlled it is. Is it religious-based? Is it sexually-based? Is right. it just all different kinds of fucked up? It generally revolves about around one leader, but, like, not even that's always true. It can be, like, a small group or... Yeah. yeah. Especially but, if it's big enough to break off into factions. Right. Cults can be almost benign-seeming from the outside. Um, but, like, as far as reasons people join cults, I think that's something that people understand a lot less. Because, like, you just sort of look at it as, like, what are who are these dumb idiots who sort of get pulled in? And it's, it's really not like right, that. Right, right. Just from the outside perspective, being like, well, I would never do this. Like, I can't believe somebody right. would fall for this because psh, I How would could never do this. In? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so obviously gross yeah. but yeah i think there's some things that i was reading about that are generally what you see among people who get brought into cults and they feel isolated from society in some way they feel disenfranchised they just sort of feel like outsiders um in some way or another it can be it can be that they're like lower class they never had like an education or maybe they are just a part of another marginalized group in society and they have never felt like society has accepted them but yeah they are because they feel that way in society and they feel like nothing has really gone right in their lives and and no one's really there for them and they've never gotten the answers they want they are seeking sort of a feeling of community and family and that's what cults give yeah like, all the really good cults out there <laughs> it's like all those good, good cults. You know, all the good ones you hear about. Well, when people walk in, they always say, like, it's like I had a family immediately. And it's like 35 to 300 people who all just love you seemingly unconditionally. 
Mine is literally called the family. <laughs> At one point in time. I mean, yeah, they're not, um, their symbolism isn't subtle. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're always literally like, yeah, no, you're a family now. Touch each other a whole bunch. Yep. Yep. Please, please not. Your wife is his wife, and his wife is your wife, and everybody loves everybody, and we're all going to get along and... And not wear clothes sometimes yeah. when we should. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then there's sort of this desire to be a part of what they view as an idealized society. When a cult first starts out, it's always, it always looks so fucking cool from the outside if you're that person who's looking for something better than what your life is and you're looking for answers or and need, who you like, are. Or need to belong to something. Yes, and the cult always looks so, everyone's so happy and alive and vibrant and there's all this stuff that you can, you see in them that you don't see outside in society apparently um so yeah i mean that seems to be something that people say a lot as i was reading about it is like that's you want to be inside this group this community because you have felt outside of other communities your whole life so that is the sort of thing that can lead otherwise rational intelligent normal people into kind of a shitty situation yeah or if it actually holds foundation in a traditional church like the Jonestown Massacres, mm-hmm. he was preaching in a church. Right. And then they moved. Yeah. But, like, he had his foundations in a church. A lot of these religious leaders got their starts mm-hmm. preaching sermons and then basically took it on the road. Right. It does seem like a lot of these are sort of combinations of religions that already exist. They just sort of cherry pick what they want right. out of Right, and then they make it theirs yeah mine is really buddhist i guess Mm. um a little hindu oh maybe some christianity probably maybe just a splash just a just a dash here and there (laughs) just a sprinkle just a dabble do ya um yeah so yeah it's true that i'm sure they're starting out in something that maybe people have grown up in christianity or in buddhism or judaism all their lives and this person's just sort of tilting it a little bit and it doesn't seem so bad yeah so yeah um the cult i'm gonna talk about is the Buddha Field cult. I had not heard of it before today when I started <laughs> doing research. I watched a whole movie today. <laughs> hey. Um, and I got a lot of this information from that movie. Um, it's called Holy Hell. Um, it is by um, Will Allen, who is a filmmaker and also was a member of the cult for 22 years. Woof. Yeah. Um, and he was like there official videographer so he took 22 years worth of of video of them and their day-to-day lives and their rituals and their their leader so this movie is him sort of compiling that and then also talking to the other people who got out of the cult with him around the same time um going back and making them tell the story from their point of view it's fucking awesome (laughs) it's a really good movie it was very emotional so this cult no longer exists exactly and actually, um, this film was made in 2007, but released in 2016. So there's a lot that could have happened um, yeah. between now and then. I don't know, like, what's going on with their leader right now, but he is not in jail. Mm. That is, and he defo should be. I will tell you why. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the last they'd heard, he still had followers. Uh, it just wasn't the same group. So, um, as far as we know, the most people who left at the same time as Will, like that was almost everybody in the cult. The cult basically disbanded at a point in 2007. Um, and they were all together for, some of them were there longer than Will. Again, I I said he was there for 22 years. Some people were there for like 25, 26 years, all with this one guy. Um, so this cult sort of starts out as just like a group where um, people get together and they seem to be swimming a lot. There's a lot of just the cult leader in Speedo and everybody else in swimsuits just swimming, just having a good time, just being alive, walking in the forest at night, (laughs) dancing in the woods and shit. Um, You know, like you do. Like you do. As one does when one is in a cult. But I guess it wasn't that obvious um, because... Again, like Will talks about, and a lot of the people in the movie talk about just wanting somewhere to belong. They all had different backgrounds, but they all had some idea that they weren't getting the answers out of life that they wanted. They weren't the people they wanted to be, and that's what led them to Michel. His real name is um, Jaime Gomez. He was a failed actor, porn star. Oh, my God. And, and dancer. 
um, ballet dancer. He went by Michelle until he didn't anymore, until he went by Andreas. And then now he sure. goes by Rachie. Or at least in 2007, he went by Rachie. So wow. this is a guy who doesn't really give a fuck about his own name, is just sort of adopting these personas to well, yeah. draw people yeah. in. Um, when Will joins, there's already people around him, but he swiftly becomes like one of the most de- devout members. Um, because it was just one of those things, I guess, for him where he was looking for answers and this guy had them in sort of believing in yourself and just sort of, it's your own personal enlightenment movement. And he had, he was a hypnotherapist. That's a one, <laughs> that's one uh-huh. big thing. Yes. Uh-huh. So Michelle, yes, Michelle was very good at getting inside the heads of other people at using brainwashing techniques. Sure. Um, at, Using sort of those energy techniques they talk about in, um, like, Buddhism and stuff, but all just basically bullshit, (laughs) where he would, like, transfer his energy into his members, and they would all be, you know, like, shaking and... Placebo effect. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Total placebo effect. There is, like, video after video of these people sort of getting his energy through, like, him hitting them in the forehead with his thumb over and over again. And it's just, yeah, but they truly, they so truly believed it at the time. They have such conviction in their voices when they talk about it. Because he just seemed like this guy who had all the answers. He had, they said he had, seemed like he had been out into the universe and he had come back and he was there to tell them about it. So, yeah, he, I just sort of, like, started taking notes while I was watching this on things that sounded like, yeah, that sounds culty AF. Um, <laughs> just sort of stuff you hear a lot. Um, he used regression hypnotherapy. He called it the cleansing. It sounds a lot like what they do in Scientology, where they make you go back through your memories and relive them so that they, you can, like, release them from your psyche and they don't bother you anymore. That's, like, Scientology fucking 101. This guy was doing that. Just uh. no e-meter involved. Um, there was, now, this is still pretty early on in the cult. The first thing that sort of gets really on the, this isn't just like a fun group where we dance and wear Speedos. This is a cult. Michelle comes up with something called the knowing. And it's supposed to be a thing that he offers to the members where you can meet God and understand the universe. But he doesn't offer it to everyone. It's basically like, does he think you're ready or not? Which is, like, such a tactic. It makes the people who don't get it work harder and harder. It pits people sort of against each other. It makes them just want so much what he has to offer them. And all it is is just him being like, God. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could have seen her hand gesture with that. Because it was just kind of uncommitted wave to the left. God, God. (laughs) but that's it. But like by that point, the people who've been in it for years and even will who'd been in it for, I don't know how long, maybe several months, maybe a year. um, He was so in it already and just ready to believe what this guy said, because Michelle is so charismatic and so sort of childlike and interesting. And uh, yeah, he's just, but a failed actor. Yeah. That's the weird part. Right? Like, somebody said he was a failed actor who stumbled on the role of a lifetime, and it was to be the leader of this cult. So, yeah, he was doing a good enough job to really bring these people into believing that they could see God. Like, Will was one of the people who got the knowing the first time it happened. And he believed, like, he believed he was on an acid trip without acid for, like, three days. He was seeing atoms. Like, they believed they saw the universe. And then they sort of continued on being a group. And slowly but surely, some of the stuff starts coming out where it's it's less about your own personal enlightenment. It's less about just being together and more about the rules and more <laughs> about the leader. Mm. Um, so isolation from family members is a big one, I think. Yep. yep. Yeah. They called this detaching. Oh. Yeah. The thing about Will is that his two sisters were also in this cult. There were three, like, siblings total. They were all in this cult at one point. And so they, you know, went to their mom. They had a great childhood with their mom. She did not accept him being gay, I should say. Mm. Um, and she did, was like, go go out on your own. I'm not supporting you anymore. But, like, I guess, like, otherwise, I don't know. <laughs> otherwise, they had, like, a great relationship. And they one day they went to her and they were like, we are detaching from you. Because, you know, Michelle says we shouldn't, You're you're not on the path that we're on. And that's a lot of people had to do that. They let go of all of their friends and their family and jobs that they used to have. 
um, just to really draw themselves as close into Michelle and this, this Buddha-filled cult as they could. Um, Michelle was very against being called a cult. Like, that's the... I think that's another warning sign. Like, if somebody's like, this seems a little culty, and they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, that just feels a little gross. Yeah. He called it a non-group, an anti-cult. <laughs> the what? more you deny it... Yes. Especially calling it an anti-cult. Right. Like, um, come come on. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Me thinks he doth protest too much. A little bit. A <laughs> like, little bit. Yeah. Um... There was also isolation later on from any forms of media. Um, he got angry when one of the members uh, bought a TV because mm-hmm. he didn't tell him. And none of them, they didn't watch TV, they didn't, they didn't read books. They only consumed what he gave them to consume, which were basically his, like, sermons. Control over your sexuality. He was against sex. Or was he? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Um, I mean, he did porn, so, like... Yeah. Um, But the thing is, yeah, you know, if you were to talk to him about it, he would say, hey, no dating. No touching other than in these weird rituals where you're basically always naked. Mm. Um, And no sex. None. No fucking sex. Here's the thing. This cult is full of just gorgeous people. Like, (laughs) on purpose. Like... He's a pretty guy, and he's recruiting other pretty men and pretty women, and they're all just half-naked around each other all the time. But no fucking, though. Not yet. No fucking Emily. (laughs) Okay, but what if? (laughs) But what if fucking? (laughs) What if fucking, though? (laughs) Yeah, but that that was his spoken rule, anyway. Um... There was this this idea of, like, your body is just a shell. It means nothing. You shouldn't get wrapped up in what your head is saying. You shouldn't get wrapped up in your emotions. Um, and you, that's why you shouldn't be having sex, because that's too much about your body, and you are your spirit. At the same time, he's completely obsessed with how everybody looks. Mm. Everybody's always working out. The men are always at the gym. The women are always gorgeous. He is getting... Like, Botox and eye lifts. And, like, over the course of the movie, you watch this guy who... I'm going to go ahead and say, like, Michelle... Michelle, while he starts out as sort of a young guy, he looks pretty dece. He's, like, ripped. Like, I've never seen abs that defined. It was crazy. But he gets older over time. This is a 20-year journey they're going on. And he starts to look so puffy and weird. <laughs> and they yeah. all notice... He's, he wears fake eyelashes and eyeliner all the time. Oh, my God. He's got concealer on, like, and it, they'd get in the water and it would run and none of them could say anything because <laughs> they were too afraid. <laughs> Be- but they all knew. So they were all sort of feeling this, this weird dichotomy of, like, we all have to look a certain way, but we shouldn't care about what we look like. <laughs> like so, yeah, very strange there. Um, there, were, there was the demonizing of people who left the group. Yeah. Um, eventually, people would leave. You know, little by little, there'd be some people leaving, like and they, they would. Do. Yeah, he would always insist that they were unsafe, that they were probably going to die without him. Um, he was all they ever needed, and they walked away from that. So don't be like them, basically. Um, the typical stuff. My favorite thing in the world was like this was pretty late on. It was like 15 years in. They had a phrase they used to say to each other, the cult members: "You need to drop your mind." And it was when somebody was maybe arguing with Michelle or they were thinking too much about what he was telling them to do, if it made sense or not, or if they agreed with it or not. And they would, they would chastise each other for that. You need to drop your mind. Stop thinking. You just need to stop thinking so much. Like, just do what he says because he's the master. And... That's, like, my favorite thing, because that's so fucking quintessential, like, cult. Like, hey, 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 what you doing thinking about it? Hey, bud, why are you thinking? Bam, don't bam. think. <laughs> don't think. I know just what you're thinking. thinking. <laughs> so please stop your thinking. <laughs> don't think because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, it's... From the outside, it could not be more fucking obvious. And when these people talk about it in the movie, they're like, I know what it sounds like. (laughs) I saw this. I felt this. I still could not leave. Like, I felt too close to him, and I felt too beholden to him, and I felt like I needed to protect him. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, at one point they do move um, while all this is happening as it's slowly getting grosser and weirder. Um, they move from Los Angeles to um, Austin, Texas, where they create this sort of like backyard sanctuary and they have peacocks in it. And it's all sure. just like, a bunch of weird shit. My okay, favorite part of the story, though, is that not only did he make them through manual free labor build this sanctuary in the back of his house that somebody bought for him, he made them build a theater. It's a big theater. Oh, it's a big one. Like a real typical building with like a courtyard in front. And he used to come in and just be like, I don't like where those windows are. I don't like this wall. Take it down. And they would take it down like a whole wall and they'd rebuild it the way he wanted until he would come back again and say it again. And then he would shout at them for not getting it done fast enough. Oh my God. So, but eventually this theater is built and because he's a dancer, he did ballet. He would teach all of them ballet hours a day. Like, some of them would cry. They hated it so much. Well, yeah, it's a very painful process. It is. They're all adults. You can't just ballet out of nowhere. Yeah, that's, that's, even as, as a child, that. it's grueling because I've, I've been to those hours-long dance rehearsals. And he was brutal to them. But they would put on shows that they would rehearse for a whole year, and they would do the show one time, costumes and everything. They would dance for no one but themselves, and they would do it one time in this theater that was just theirs. <laughs> like fucking nuts oh and like yeah so eventually this all so obviously just becomes um michelle now by this point he's called andreas this guy's desire to be an artiste and he and, and succeed where he failed but at least just among his cult members if he couldn't succeed in society as an actor or dancer he was going to do that and his cult members had to tell him day in and day out how perfect he was and how much they loved him so you know like you do yeah as one does and as a narcissist would want. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, this goes on again. It's it's like 20 years and people have inklings of bad things. People trickle in and out. Um, but something really big happens when, and they don't even name this person in the movie. I don't know their name. Um, someone leaves the cult and it's a man. And he sends a long ass email to every member of the Buddha field basically like makes tons of accusations about the sexual abuse he has suffered under Michelle slash Andreas. And Ooh. yeah, like accounting different times and what he's asked him to do. And it's years of abuse. Oh God. And this movie does this so brilliantly because like, there's none of that in the telling of the story until this person comes forward. And then one by one, they all realize all the men <laughs> realize that they have, all been being sexually assaulted and they all thought it was just them oh yeah i mean fucking horrible so like he would say things like everything i'm doing is for you what i'm doing right now is saving your life and i'm only doing this with you mm. like you're the only person i'm seeing in this way seeing with quotes mm -hmm. as in like making you fuck me or get fucked by me and it's like some of these men are gay some of them are not regardless None of them wanted to have sex with him. They all felt like they had to because it was saving their lives because it was something, it was like a special thing he was doing only with them and for them. And also because how do you say no to him? Yeah. So everybody's sort of having this horrible realization about this man whom they love and who has been like their master and father forever. And within a year, almost everyone is gone. Oh, shit. It takes people a long time. Now, the thing is, like, Will sticks with him for a while. A ton of people leave. Will sticks with him to relocate him in Hawaii, where he presumably still lives. In, 20, in 2007, that's what they found him again. So he's still there, surrounded by another group of people, which no. is great. Yeah, horrible, hideous. Um, but the thing is, like, even Will admits, like, yeah, I... Me too. Like he did, he did all this to me too. I stuck with him for way longer than I wanted to. I also thought it was just me. And you know, all of these interviews are him with other men. Just even though like cults are bad. Cults people, are bad. Yes. Um, cults are bad. Okay. Um, people, <laughs> people who run cults are bad, but the thing that these people got out of it is so clearly each other because like, he interviews the other men and the women who are in there and they're all so angry for each other. Like the women all cry because they're like, if we had known this was, you're our brothers, you are our family. If this was happening to you, if we had known we would have done something Yeah, like 
So it and they still talk to each other. Like they still have like a relationship. They still all are united in how much they fucking hate this man and and how much he hurt everybody that they really thought of as family. So it was kind of nice, like very emotional ending, but like it was kind of nice to see that they all still carried this love for each other after being together for over 20 years even though this guy fucking ruined their lives they still had something that is not an infomercial for joining a cult i just want to say sounded but, like it um it's so the good lead- job it's the there leader part it's the leader part stay away from the leader part just have a cult with no leader it's fine except <laughs> ex- what <laughs> <laughs> just like that that's just like, just like have a group that's weird it's fine okay but we- Wait, just go touch each other in a river. It's fine. As long as no one's telling you to do it. Except for me. <laughs> Except we did that once. <laughs> but not inappropriately. Yes, accurate. Well, we were yeah. tubing. Right. Well, there was beer involved. So there was a little bit of inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, um, that is the Buddhafield cult. Um, I really recommend that anybody go and watch that movie. It's I think I've great. seen it. Have you? I think Holy so. Holy hell. Yeah. It's, it's been on. Yeah, it was it came out last year. So it's been on Netflix like almost that long. Yeah. So, yeah. Woof. I know. Like now I'm really emotionally drained. So I'm glad I get to listen to you. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Because I don't know that what I'm going to say is going to help any. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Deep breaths. All Let's right. think about uh, um, kitties and puppies so for a minute. Happy things. Happy yes. things. Uh, we're going to talk about the children of God. No. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> also known as the family. Also known as the Family International. Also known as Teens for Christ or oh. the Family of Love. Whoa, Teens for Christ. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I was I was telling Taylor a little bit about this earlier, and I'm like, yeah, they went through like five versions of themselves so <laughs> they mm, pause the cats are fighting hey boys hi stop thank you okay cool quit it out so starting at the beginning of their cult they started in 1968 in california hmm. just hanging out as you do and this was also California. What is going on, California? Yeah, this is around the same time that Manson was forming his cult because mm-hmm. they did the murders in 1969. So, a uh, whole bunch of things happened in California. Anyways, so David Brandt Berg was a pastor for the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Uh, he also went by Moses David. Sure, of course. Mo, yep. Father David, and Dad, and eventually Dear Grandpa. Oh, no. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I don't want to hear about that part. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear about the part where he's got grandchildren and whatever he does. So they started evangelical, which is already usually pretty extreme. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and not a then good start. went off the deep end. Mm. So they formed multiple communes that they called the colonies, which they now call homes in multiple cities around North America and South America. Wait, is this still happening? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Fuck me yeah. running. I do not want <laughs> this. Fuck me running. <laughs> that sounds difficult. <laughs> but, um, well, do it anyway. Yeah, they're now known as the Family International. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but they did what you would normally expect of crazy religious people of standing out in the streets, giving out pamphlets. And the newest members had to memorize Bible verses that the group called set cards. Hmm. So the set card supposedly was supposed to contain over 300 Bible verses and then 10 chapters of the Bible. So basically just memorize the Bible. Great. And (laughs) yeah. And then when they came in, they would take new biblical names. So, yeah. So, Berg, David Brandt Berg, a.k.a. Mo, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, sure. you know, Mo. He liked to talk to people through writing letters. So, in his 24 years of running this cult, he wrote over, or like, almost 3,000 letters. 
man, how you hand that cramp up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. among other issues. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, no. Nope. We can't be like that already. No, it can't already be that bad. Nope. Well, he talked about, like, his <laughs> belief of being that he was God's prophet and wanting to solidify his spiritual authority in the group and the letters and also like publicly acknowledge his own failings and weaknesses as you know i'm a bad leader and look at me i'm so weak in these spots but the children of god had 130 communities around the world oh my god 130 communities Ugh. and they had printed and distributed approximately 42 million pamphlets talking about the nature of God's salvation and America's doom. Because, you know, apocalypse. Well, I mean, like... End of times. We are doomed, so it's cool. I mean, yeah, but We're like... not, like, super far off. Maybe. Uh, so, Children of God fell apart in 1978 because there were reports of serious misconduct, financial oh. mismanagement, abuse of authority, and then... Disagreements within the group about flirty fishing, which I will get to <gasps> later. No, I've heard about flirty fishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's where this comes from. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> so they reorganized. So anybody who still wanted to stay with them became the family of love. And those people started going door to door. So this is what I was wondering. Like, the rebranding is out of necessity yeah. each time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems to be a thing. Because then the family of love had to disband because of flirty fishing. <laughs> again. Oh, flirty fishing fucks it up again. And it was reported that from 1974 to 1987, members had sexual contact with 223,989 people while practicing flirty fishing. <gasps> I remember what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, isn't it they were recruiting members? Through having sexy times. Yeah. Yeah! Around the world, saving people with vaginas. I mean, first of all, rad. Like, it, <laughs> it's literally religious prostitution. Yeah, I mean, that is hideous. Yeah. Seriously, though, I want to know the STD count. How many herpes outbreaks? How they much chlamydia? But probably a lot. Probably just, like, so much. That couldn't be healed with a touch. <laughs> <laughs> No, he would tell you it was until you had another outbreak. Uh, and he was like, well, maybe stop sucking at my teachings and you'll stop having herpes. Yeah. So, <laughs> 1982, it just became the family. Uh, they started making music. Why is this a thing? What is going on? They had the Music with Meaning radio club that had almost 20,000 members. And then because <laughs> of their converting and their evangelical door-to-door -door sales... Basically, uh, they converted almost 200,000 people. Oh, my God. And were distributing about 30 million pages of literature per month. That's so many That's people. so many people. But, yeah. So, that kept going. And then the family had to reorganize again because Berg died. Oh, no. But why would we ever just Rip. stop? Yeah. Right, so, a dickhole. Berg died in 1994, and Karen Zerby took over, and she had a million names as well, uh, such as Mama Maria, Queen Maria, Maria David, and Maria Fontaine. Uh, so she took over. Things weren't going as well, uh, but they, they kind of started to pick back up. There was a court case in this time about abusive sexual practices involving minors. Oh, no. They'd stated they weren't doing sexual things anymore and that children had never been part of this sexual experimentation because, like, they used to send videos to their cult leader of, like, eight people in bed, like, waving to him. And I was watching a documentary, and I guess they did a lot of, like, wife swapping and <sighs> things like that of this boy who was, like, 11 who was sleeping in a trundle bed as, like, his dad was having sex with somebody on the actual bed. Oh. And for those of you who don't know what a trundle bed is, it's the bed that pulls out from under a bed. Oh, so he's, like, right there. He's, like, 
right there. There is a butt like a foot away from his face. All the wiggles and jiggles, he's feeling them. And then he went to go check to see if his mom was up so he could sleep there. She fucking? She was fucking. Yeah. That. So none of these people wanted to be doing this. It was just a part of the... It was a part of the religion. Mm-hmm. All right. So some of their teachings. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, yes, but also no. <laughs> <laughs> There were some famous there were some famous people that were part of the children of God as children. Uh if you know Rose McGowan from Charmed. Yeah. Paige. Okay. Yeah, she was in it as a child. Shit. Her family pulled her out when she was nine. They were kicked out, basically. Uh Joaquin Phoenix and his family. Okay, I knew that for some reason. Or at least I knew he was in a, a cult. Yeah. Wow. And his brother committed suicide. Oh shit. Yeah. Because of cult things? Possibly. Huh. All right. And I'm just going to talk about Ricky Rodriguez real quick because he went through some shit. He was actually the son of the woman who took over the cult. Oh, okay. Shit. So he hates Karen Zervey was his mom. So yeah, he was basically like a prince in the cult. Right. Ready to take over when she died. But he left. And Good for him. Yeah. Recorded, and in 2005, he went back to try and kill his mom. He recorded a suicide video, and one of the quotes from him in the the videotape, There is a need that I have. This need, it is not a want. And I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's a need for revenge. It's a need for justice because I can't go on like this. Oof. Yeah. Basically, like, set himself up to go and find his mother Mm -hmm. after recording this videotape. But his mom had gone underground and it was very difficult to find her. So he ended up finding her secretary and killed her. Oh, So he killed Angela Smith, who was his mother's secretary. Oh, no. And then drove for several hours into California and killed himself in a parking lot. Fuck. Yeah. So... So he just thought, you know, he just didn't want to try to find his mom again, or, like, he just kind of was... He gave up, because she was so far underground. Okay. And he was so done. Yeah. That's legit. And he was upset that... Nothing has been done in the U.S. about the victims because there were other reports of suicide within the cult Hmm. of people who've grown up in the cult. Uh, There was a quote of no leaders of the family have been brought to justice for this, for what they acknowledge was child abuse. People say, why? How could that be? Well, there's a statute of limitations. So this is when the law starts kicking (sighs) people's butts. Yep. A lot of this happened a long time ago, and almost all of it happened outside the U.S. by people who constantly kept changing their names. So even the victims, the kids themselves, often don't know who abused them. Oh, God. I forgot about this. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh. (coughs) So Berg was a pedophile. What a fucking shock. Da-da-da-da! Um, he had adult child photos and stories in pages of the group's manual. Oh, no. Which they called the book of Davidito. Mm-hmm. And sexual interactions between adults and children weren't an expectation of the cult. It was literally a commandment. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Get to fucking. Basically. And, uh, five. <laughs> the girl that most of the young girls who were in the unit, they were labeled as apprentices. Apprentices to what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Had to, they were required to crawl into bed and interact with David Berg. Oh. And one of them said that she lived with David Berg from the time she was born until she was 13. Oh my god. So you just have no... I mean, that's all you know. That's it. And she said she even witnessed Karen Zerby, the mother of the guy who killed himself, mm-hmm. abusing him. Uh. So, yeah. But in 1986, 
Remember that first time they had to change who they were? Yes. Because yeah. of legal issues? Yeah, the Family International officially renounced sexual contact between adults and children. Oh, so, wasn't that nice? Just a reminder, this cult has been going since 1968. And it took until 1986 for them to be like, right, yep, we totally renounced this. Also, <sighs> something... That I wanted to wait to talk about until I got into the sexual aspect of their cult and right. like child brides, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their practices was bridal theology, which is also known as mystical marriage, which technically in the New Testament is the communion with Jesus as marriage. So, like, when you take communion, you say you're like marrying Jesus. Oh, well, yeah, well. well well oh no oh no they took that and started calling it loving jesus to describe their intimate sexual relationships with jesus absolutely of course because why wouldn't you also be fucking jesus you're fucking everyone else yeah oh my god so they had to they were encouraged to imagine jesus joining them while they were either having sex or masturbating. I'm sorry. And <laughs> they also encouraged the male members to visualize themselves as women in order to avoid a homosexual relationship with Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, you no. know, cause he doesn't swing that way. No, I Jesus guess. is a hundred percent heterosexual. Yeah. No, he will not put it I in guess. your butt. Pretend you have a <laughs> vagina right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, there was artwork, there was graphic poetry, visualizations, songs. About fucking Jesus? About fucking Jesus. Ah! Yeah. They edited it down for younger teens to understand it, and then further edited it. That's a hard word. Edited. 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 Changed it. Yep. So that children could understand it. Because you got to make it. Sure, absolutely. You know, fair for those kids. Yeah, you really want the kids reading this material. Yep. They also cut off ties with family members. Yep. They didn't have any technology. Um, One of the stories I have of a woman who got out and discovered that she'd been in a cult because of a 17 magazine quiz which i'm gonna need you to elaborate on that (laughs) (laughs) so on narrative.ly the article is called my childhood in an apocalyptic cult oh yeah that's where they they have like stories by people like with weird life situations they just tell their real story yeah and is this was by flora edwards and it talks about how she was in high school because she'd grown up in the cult uh said that boys and girls spend a lot of time naked together so she didn't really understand the rules of a proper dress code because she got in trouble in high school for wearing like a low-cut shirt that was clingy she's like i'm sorry every boy i've ever met has seen my breasts yeah she just didn't understand why that was a weird thing and why she was being ostracized well 17 magazine to the rescue oh thank god for them of talking about literally a quiz of did you grow up in a cult? I mean, first of all, that is very specific. That is so specific, Seventeen Magazine. We need to talk. I mean, what was the timing? Because, like, maybe this was, like, there had been enough cults over the last couple of decades that people were like, maybe you need to look around and ask, look to your left, look to your right. One of these people has been in a cult. Here's how you know. Like, seriously, what the fuck was life? trying to find a date on it. She kind of just talks generals. So it it did the questions of, did you grow up in a secluded environment? Which for her was a check. Because <laughs> they'd had a requirement to have walls at least eight feet high with barbed wire or jagged get glass <laughs> sealing the cement. What the, like, so, and yep, double check. Yep. She lived with the family and then like 30 to 40 other people that were her family in the Lord. Sure. They weren't allowed to leave without permission. Uh, and if they did, she would be banned from ever returning and doomed to an eternal hell and condemnation in the afterlife. Triple dipple check. Yep. 
Next question was, were you under the influence of a charismatic leader? Oh, my God. Check. Uh, uh, duh, duh, duh. Were Quadruple you, check? Were you coerced to recruit members to your group? With my vag, yes. Check. <laughs> were you taught that the outside world was a forbidden place, and did you feel guilty for wanting to leave? Check. Um, at what point is she like, oh, holy shit. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> she took the quiz. And then had the, oh my god, I grew up in a cult, where do I go from here moment. Oh my god. So they're back in the States and she's going to a high school, but is she still in the cult? Or have they kind of... No, I think she was out of the cult. Okay. But she still has no idea what the fuck life but is. But yeah, it was just, it was such a weird thing to go through. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. I was just, I mean, her mom had a rough life. Of she was born to an alcoholic father and a distant mother, so she didn't have parents around, so and lived in Sweden. Joining the cult for with the fjords. In the fucking fjords. <laughs> Here Listen. we are, shoehorning fjords back into things. Well, <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's just gonna be a thing I do from here on out. Talking Every about episode, the fjords. I'm gonna talk about the fjords. God damn it. Uh, but they, her family moved to Thailand in 1985 because of a prophecy that Father David, Mo, <laughs> Mo, Mo, received. So they moved to Thailand. You gotta go to Thailand! Really? That's the prophecy? What a specific prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh God, I forgot. <laughs> I don't like it when you forget things because there's a lot of information. Yeah. I mean, it's decades. They basically like sexualized Lady Liberty What's in the cult. That rope, and like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read this paragraph. Oh no. <laughs> so basically this is a quote from Miss Edwards herself. So, she got a visit from Auntie Mary, who was also part of the Children of God, mm -hmm. and had said that Father David got some new news from God, you know, because they're real tight. Oh, yeah. And she had a magazine, and flipping through the pages, she found a woman that had the spiky crown, like what's on top of the Statue of Lady Liberty, and she had her legs spread open wide and was holding up a globe in one hand and then in her other hand was apparently the fate of the world that was symbolized by a handful of poverty-stricken third-world folk. Oh, no. At the mercy of her wrath. And I guess in between her legs were the Pentagon, the White House, <laughs> and other buildings representing lust, sloth, and greed. <laughs> so, Father David... <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought they liked the vagina. But <laughs> this is how Father David got them out of the U.S. Because he was like, oh, no, Western civilization is so bad. It's so evil. We got to go. God said the world's going to end in 1993. We got to go warn everybody in the world that's not in the U.S. right now. <gasps> okay, so I'm sure, I guess it must be very easy for these cult leaders to just constantly contradict themselves when they're just making it up as they go along. <laughs> yeah, and I guess she... Was there in the early 80s because she missed or actually all of the 80s because they did the thing where they don't allow any outside media. Oh, yeah. So she had no idea what happened in the 80s. Oh, my God. As a kid. Like just that decade is just not there. That decade is gone. Fuck. A lot of dumb shit happened. They Damn. did Bible. Lots of Bible stuff. Great. But no books, movies, music. Can you imagine she if you grew Wham. up? She missed Wham. Can you imagine if you grew up? <laughs> I don't even know if Wham was in the 80s. I, don't, I think so. I don't, oh my god, we are really outing ourselves as really, like really not knowing shit about fuck. <laughs> um, imagine having one book when you grow up, and that book is hard to read, hard to understand, and doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. So she'd have been 12 in 1993. So she was 15 at this article. So that was 1995. So oh. there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's just, I don't, 
Do you have any questions? I mean, I would strongly recommend reading this whole article. She talks about like her day to day life, um, people being grabbed out of beds, ordered to board buses because of raids. Oh, what was uh, what's it called again? So it is called my childhood and an apocalyptic cult. That's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds great. It's, it's a whole thing, and it's yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we yeah. don't. We've kind of. It's been a while already, <sighs> and I we don't have like a specific. At least I don't have like a specific survival tip, but I thought I would talk a little bit about like How the to difficulties get the fuck of out. yeah, like the difficulties of leaving a cult, and like I'm assuming that if you are currently in a cult. You're not hearing this right now because you're not allowed to just look up a podcast about Especially, cults. yeah, <laughs> this podcast specifically, right. like this episode. Your leader loves this podcast, but he has gone through and deleted this from all of your iPods. So, <laughs> Also, since like I'm talking about a cult that is still more than likely active with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. If you're hearing this. Seriously, get the fuck out. Yeah, Just, oh my god, on, guys. Please. Guys, my buds, please, it's my dudes. Not good. It's not good. So, like, I do want to say, like, if you know somebody also, if you know somebody in a cult, that's much more likely. Because, like, look, cults are everywhere. Cults are all fucking over the place. Even though they might be really small, they might seem really benign. Um, and some of them will pro- might stay benign. Who knows? I heard, I was reading, um, like, a paper about cults. And it was a study that this woman had done, and one of the people she had in there who had survived a cult, like, she wanted to talk to them about what they, what resources they needed, what helped them get out and stay out. And one of these people was in a running cult. It was just supposed to be a group that helped prepare for marathons, but it got to the point where they were telling, the whoever was leading it was telling them what to eat, when to eat, they only ever went and did things together. They were never not working out. Like, a cult is anything, you guys. <laughs> like, as soon as someone's telling you what to do and think and where and be, like, you're in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, like, anytime somebody starts, like, scheduling your life for you. Yes. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. Or you start getting like some real serious family feelings with mm-hmm. a large group of people and somebody's in charge of these family feelings and is starting to steer you in a weird direction. Yeah. Like, guys, get the fuck out. It's that is a cult. Now, one of the things if you know somebody you're like worried about, um, like there's a lot of things you can do for them. They there's but there's also like a lot of sort of argument over what's best to do for them. They there used to be this big thing about deprogramming. Mm. Um, in like the I think it was like the eighties was a big deprogramming time. Yeah, except and, like that was also a whole thing. Yeah, that yeah, that's not bad. great either. It's don't do, don't do that. Yeah. So, but mm. exa- again, like what they seem to know, they're trying to do like some more studies on it um, to find out like what really helps, but. So far, what I learned was that it's similar to when somebody is getting out of prison or when somebody has gotten out of rehab. Like, you need support because if because all you had was inside that cult. If you come out of it and you have nothing, then there's no reason for you to stay out of it. Like, it's better to go in in a lot of cases because there's enough there that you can you can make all the bad shit go to the back of your mind because at least you have community and family. Right, and, like, you don't have any financial commitments anymore because you've sold all of your shit or have turned everything over, and when you get out, you're literally starting over. Right, and some people have no idea how to do that. One of the women at the end of the movie that I watched was literally like, I spent 20 years doing service to this man. I worked. I worked 40 hours a week. But I had $45 to my name. I had no bank account. I had no idea how to do any of that stuff. I had no credit. Like, so not only, like, family and friend support, but, like, financial support. Yeah. People who are going to help you figure out your finances. Job opportunities. Food. Yeah. Like, food. Just Especially if they move people into communities. Yeah. Where they can control the meals and everything. Then it's all communal. You might be growing your shit. You might be, like, pooling your money. You're on your own for... 
figuring all that out right you're out of the cult yeah so they need counseling like constant not just from families but you need to know like what how to live your life and like getting financial counseling and that sort of thing is really important having a job opportunity when you come out so like offering job opportunities to people who have suffered in that way is not something you hear about as much as like people who who get out of prison basically what we need to do (laughs) is make a cult halfway house Yes, we need a halfway house solely for... Let's put it in California. No, no, no. <laughs> we are not putting it in California. Well, that's where all the people who get out of cults no, are. No, we can, we can just put it in Wisconsin, <laughs> all right? Did you used to be in a cult? Come to Wisconsin. Yeah, it's, it's fine. We got cows and shit. It's cool. You can stare at a cow all goddamn day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a big park behind my apartment building. We can, like, right. build something there. Make a fort. Make a fort. It's fine. Did your cult leader not let you have cheese? <laughs> well, we're going to fix that. We've got something for you. We got all the cheese. <laughs> Literally all of the cheese. Literally all of it. We've actually hoarded all the cheese for the last 50 years. Nowhere else has ever had cheese. Not like this. A cult person They think might... they have cheese. We shouldn't lie to cult people like that because they might believe us. <laughs> they oh, yeah. haven't Never been mind. outside in a while. Okay, we don't, we don't have all the cheese. We have a lot of the cheese. We have a lot of the cheese and we can make more cheese. <laughs> We're always making more cheese. Oh. <laughs> um, the oh, last thing I was going to... Oh, my God. We're the worst. Um, the, wor- the last thing I was going to mention is crisis management support. So if you're having a bad fucking day, mm. somebody you can call so you're not going to, like, kill yourself or think about going back to your cult hey. or do something equally rash. Like, yeah. try to kill your mom. I mean, I... I that get woman why probably, he was going to do it. That woman sounds like she deserves to die. That, yeah. <laughs> like, like, not going to lie, but... And also, like, with this cult, there's just so much information that I gave the most basic of overviews. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day, if people want it, I could do something a little more in-depth about, like, a specific time period, but, like... Yeah, I mean, feel free to let us know. We've already talked about the fact that we need to do an entire, like, Survivors of Scientology episode because, yeah. like, that's just a whole other deal. And I want to do more about cults. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, there's a million cults. Because, I mean, like, the son of the dude that ran Jonestown survived his massacre. Oh, so. shit. Um, like, Doomsday, like, death cults. Like, that would be cool to do specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways. So, if you guys have other um, things you want us to cover, things we haven't talked about, possibly doing things you don't think we've thought about we want to hear about that yeah you can tweet at us you can send us a message on tumblr you can email us um yeah if you have any cult stories specifically like just saying if you know somebody who knows somebody i mean we know somebody we we're do. working on getting a story we are we're working on it um we're gonna have sort of a first-hand interview with him and he yeah, I was in a cult when he was a kid so yeah um hey man everybody knows somebody who knows somebody so just send it our way Everybody's been touched by a cult somehow, some way. Touched in just the nastiest of ways. Ugh. <laughs> Don't oh. join a cult. Don't join a cult. Please. Be safe. Trust your gut. Don't join a cult. And if you hear somebody moving downstairs and you're in the bathtub, grab a robe. That's grab, a good call. It. Yeah. So if you robe. don't have a robe, go buy a robe. Grab a robe. Check every room. Leave the house anyway. <laughs> in your robe. In your robe. All right, I think we should right. sign off. Yeah, probably. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> this has been a Daily Gravy production. Thank you for listening. Wherever you find our podcasts, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to help us grow. Thanks.